Iced tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love I, it. You way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, I am a first-class name dropper. The great, legendary John Madden. And then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's- <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is that? Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I sniffed that out. I sniffed that out. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, presented by Chevy. I'm your humble host, getting set for week number 10 kickoff on Thursday Night Football. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Indianapolis Colts, their only nationally televised appearances of the year. Who would have thought? That Andrew Luck would be coming into this game two games above 500. It's a short week. It's it's obviously a travel week. It's in division. You do throw records out. But that said, uh, it sure looks like the Colts have a 6-3 and three start right there, lined up, teed up, and um, winning six of your first nine as a rookie quarterback coming off of a season in which your team only won twice and then moved away from Peyton Manning. I mean, the whole concept of that being the case is mind-boggling, and yet it is, in fact, The truth is we're getting set for week number 10. Uh, Week 9 is now fully in the books. Our podcast that we already posted this week uh, with Brian Billick uh, joining us and uh, Kellen Lutz of uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 in a theater near you on November 16th. Just uh, once again, another grab bag of guests that this podcast puts together each and every week or attempts to. Uh, That podcast presented by Chevy came out on Monday. So Chris Law, Chris Brockman. We finished that show with you two guys talking about what the final records of your favorite teams, the Eagles and Patriots respectively, were going to be. Yes, we did. Uh, Chris Brockman, you had an 11-5 and season for the currently 5-3 and New England Patriots. Very realistic. And Chris Law had a 10-win season for the now 3-5 and five. Five Philadelphia Eagles. Well, look, Monday night was not a good night, but the entire NFC East lost in week uh week nine and nine and seven won that division last year and nine and seven won the super bowl last year so they still have two games against the skins two games against the giants no just one game against the giants two just against one? the cowboys oh yeah that's right just yeah, one you already you already beat them you already, already beat them, beat them. Yeah. Which, which i hate to tell you it was the last time you won yeah um <laughs> you've lost four and four games since you went to three and one with that win over the giants and um and have not won since and already you're hearing out of philadelphia um, that firing Juan Castillo might have been a mistake <laughs> because uh, their defense in the last two weeks has been horrendous. They were better under Juan Castillo than they currently under Todd, uh, playing under Todd Bowles. It, I know it, that they played Atlanta and New Orleans, which are two very high-octane NFC South offenses. I get it. But they look they look completely discombobulated, undisciplined, and... And easy to beat. I mean, easy to beat. Well, their offense let up seven points. And when you have no time of possession and you're getting sacked every play, and I think Vic oh, was knocked down 12 times Monday night. It's a mess, man. It is a mess. I don't know how Vic does but, it. He what takes was that? Demetrius Bell had probably the worst four-play series anybody could ever have at, off, at right tackle. When he jumped off sides, he missed two blocks in a row for sacks. It was it was rough. Well, Chris, it, it, your nine and seven season is going to require 
um, a six and f- a, a a a six and two finish, a six and two finish. Yeah, well, unlike most Eagles, which fans, I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe they have in them. I mean, they just don't have it in them because Vic, Vic. I mean, it, it goes between Vic being turnover prone to a pinata, and so whose fault is it? There are times when Vic, there was one play in the red zone where they had five guys on the line. And you could clearly see seven or eight guys were coming. And Vic sort of was going through a progression, which clearly when you are a quarterback and you see the numbers in front of you, you can't you can't hold on to it more. You just got to hit your back foot, go hot read, and that's the end of the play. And it was – that one was on Vic. How do you not audible? How do you not call timeout? How do you go through a progression? That was on him. There are other ones that clearly were not on him. He also needs to learn how to slide. He's going to get himself knocked out. Well, I mean, we've been saying that ever since he was, as Michael Mike Tirico pointed out in that game, uh, playing in that building for Virginia Tech. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, they lost to Florida State there. Right? And it just shows you how, how the NFL is. You've got the Saints who are feeling great about themselves at 3-5, and five, and the Eagles – who were three and one, have now lost four and zero. So it's fascinating. The Eagles started three and one, then went zero and four in their two quarters. First two quarters of a season is as as teams will will always talk about seasons. They break it up in quarters. And the Saints' first quarter was zero and four, and their second quarter is three and one. Both teams have uh, the same three and five records, but are feeling completely different about it, and have huge division games in front of them this week. Eagles go home and take on a Cowboys team that's also 3 and 5. Oh, the loser of that game is going to be 3 and 6 and absolutely reeling. Reeling with their coach being flat out on the hot seat more than he currently is right now. And then the Saints have a home game against the Matural and the Falcons. And they'd love to be the first team to hand them their that first loss and uh, two huge division games for these three and five teams, and and um, and then the Eagles. After it's all over, I mean, this just shows you again when you're tw- tweeting is like tweeting is like beer goggles, man. You know, you get bold when you're you know when you're when you're buzzed and you say something that is just totally stupid, <laughs> and the next morning you regret it. And Marcus Vick on Twitter. I mean, he during went, that game, he went crazy last night during the game. I mean, how, how how dumb can you be? How dumb can you be when you're when you're tweeting this stuff out about your brother? The best is that they someone asked I mean, Vic the question, and Vic had that look in his eyes, like, "What? Oh gosh, I got to deal with this." I know because he just knows right on the spot what that position right. it puts him in. Right. Well, let's also not forget thirty-one other teams wouldn't give Mike Vic a chance, and Philadelphia did. And his brother, and they gave and, him a hundred million yeah, dollar chance. contract. Right. And, and ever since that contract, he's been more turnover prone than than winning prone. Oh my God, what a mess! I, I don't know how your coach stays put after thirteen years, Chris. Well, I don't know. Like I said, they got to go six and two, six and two. I remember the Rich to have a nine win season Rhodes right era. Now. So I, I, I'm no. Listen, I mean, Reed is. If Andy Reed gets canned, someone else is going to go get him. You heard. I mean, you heard in the broadcast on Monday night. That's exactly what uh, John Gruden was saying. He's like every single NFC East team wants Reed, that them to fire Reed because they don't want to face him. Look, I, I, I saw some tweets last night. Someone was saying like John Gruden sounding like he wants to coach Michael Vick. <laughs> Like, well, like, Gruden, you know, was a Philly Gr- coach for a long time, an offensive well, assistant. Well, every year Gruden is going to get people knocking on his door. Yeah. It's just the same thing as Cowher is, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the truth. 
and I just don't know what what you know what the Eagles organization is going to go because you don't have a track record with hiring coaches because this guy's been there for 13 years. And also, there, as Marshall Falk pointed out on game day morning on Sunday, he made a very fascinating point. They used to be the people who drafted, grew their guys, and then let them go way before everybody thought they should let them go and not pay their people. And that's what they used to do. Yeah, Brian Mitchell, they did it with a lot I of mean, guys. I mean, they did it with a lot of guys where they held on to these guys and they were true Eagles, and then suddenly they were out the door about a year or two before everyone expected them maybe to be on the decline of their careers, and they that's what they did. That's what they did. And, you know, I, I mean, to their credit, they made all those championship games and made the Super Bowl. Yep. Now the problem was that they didn't give enough weapons for Donovan McNabb during the window of opportunity. Well, Freddie and Mitchell and that, Todd Pixton are, are weapons. Rich. Fred X, the, <laughs> Sultan, Fred X the, Sultan of the, the Sultan of the slot, as he referred to him. You know, <laughs> I mean, and then when one time they did get him a bona fide, true, real deal of a weapon, they went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I mean, philosophies are philosophies. But now, as Marshall pointed out, they hit the free agent market like crazy, and they're paying all these guys who don't have the track record on the team all built up, which created a problem with the guys that they weren't paying who they did draft and weren't paying. And now, you know, they play, They did pay Deshaun Jackson. They did pay Vic. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a guy that uh, is, is as good as it gets. But that defense is a mess. I mean, that defense is a mess, and, and I don't know what they're going to do. This Cowboy-Eagle uh, game is epic. It's in the late window on Fox Sunday afternoon. Epic. Where's game. that Where's that one at? That's, uh, That's in Philly. It's in Philly. As the Cowboys finish up their stretch of six of nine on the road to start the season. Now, if they finish it up four and five, that's pretty big. I mean, in a way, you'd rather sign for five and four as opposed to four and five preseason. But, I mean, that's pretty big. If you can, Even if you do go four and five – that would mean uh, of the of your remaining games, six of them are six six are at home, uh, uh, five are at home, five of your remaining seven are at home, and if you win those, you do have a chance of having a nine win season, which, as you pointed out, Chris is was good enough to win the division last year. Yeah. That's pie in the sky stuff for both of these teams. They're in trouble because I know the Giants did lose to the Steelers. That that Giants team is going to go to Cincinnati and just lay it on them this week, I really believe but it. But the Giants still have a two-game lead in that division, right? They do. Well, one and a half, I guess, right. because, you know, if the Eagles catch them, they'd have a, they'd have a um, – but they, they're, they're six and three, so they do have a two – yeah. yeah, that was their only saving Correct. grace was the whole NFC. It's really a two-game lead right now. Yeah. So um, that's, a trouble, that's a trouble spot, without a doubt. I mean, they're, they're in deep – deep trouble man sorry about that i think you need to recalibrate what your eagles are going to do <laughs> they are not who we thought they were oh my gosh or many people did think that's what they oh, were right right and, and, you know which is certainly what everyone was talking about when vic mentioned the dynasty i was word. gonna say it just makes all these dynasty and dream team oh, statements just so ludicrous oh my goodness i mean just you gotta think if maybe nick Foles is gonna be out there when we're there week 15 to kick oh. off week 15 no chance well, at that, know, well, at that point the ship will be sunk yeah, but Possibly. you're going to send out him to just get – I mean, the offensive line – That's true. Look, look That's if, true. You, if you actually watched the game on Monday night, too, you saw the first pick was Brenton Selleck's fault, well, two hands, tipped, right. and then Brenton Selleck fumbled the ball at the end of the game, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, you was, can blame what Vic. What a crusher. What a crusher. There's a what lot a of other guys on that team that are not stepping up and doing their thing. What a crusher. So. Um, we've got an uh, – I'm psyched. We've been trying to get this guy on the phone for, for weeks. 
Yeah. Um, but it just didn't work out because the Lions are right there. Um, and by right there, I mean they're four and four. They're back in it. They are. Because, you, you know, I'll, I'll bring this up to Stafford in a minute. You take a look at the standings in the NFC right now. And um, the Seattle Seahawks, who won at home this weekend against Minnesota, they, uh, they're five and four and sitting in the sixth spot right now. Green Bay at six and three is sitting in the five spot. Minnesota, which plays Detroit, this is a big game this week, is seventh in the conference at five and four. Um, but they're treading because water big they, time. They, because because Seattle just beat Minnesota to improve to five and four and send Minnesota to five and four. Clearly, they have the tiebreak. They're six hole. Detroit beat Seattle. So if Detroit wins this game against Minnesota, not only do they leapfrog Minnesota in division and conference, they would be able to. What I expect them to do is to keep pace with Seattle, who has the Jets at home this week, and the Jets are a mess. The Jets are a mess. Seems but like that, every time we say that, the Jets. Play I know that they play well. Surprise, I know, but surprising. this is a different story, man. Going to the Pacific Northwest, all the way across country. I know they're coming off a bye. I get it. I understand it. It's not your ordinary bye. Is I this mean, the week? Their bye week. Is this the bye week? week we spent, see Tim Tebow rich? No, their their bye week was spent. Um, their bye week was spent. Their four off days because you know like, players have to get four off days in a row. Uh, their off days were spent in the middle of uh, Superstorm Sandy. So it's not like these guys were, were chilling in the Caribbean or, or having a staycation with their families. Or going to Cabo during the playoffs. I, I, you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know what the Jets are going to be looking like. I, I, clearly, you could sit here and say um, maybe this is the week you see Tebow because it's a bye week. But like I just pointed out, with the new CBA, you must give four days off in a row to your team. So it's not like the bye used to be where you can install stuff, where you've got an extra week to install stuff. You don't. I, and 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 again, everybody says this is the week you see Tim Tebow. Let's not forget, the general manager and the head coach were the ones in their first draft together that traded much of their entire draft to move up and take Mark Sanchez. And that guy was the one who did take them to do back to back championship games. Now you could say he wasn't the one who did it. Really, it was a defense fine. Be that as it may, he still was the quarterback on that team and made enough plays and managed the offense well enough to get them to that spot. And also, one year, won a playoff game in New England. Let's not forget that. He did. So all of that together, all of that together, if they go ahead and start Tim Tebow and hand it off to him and say, okay, do for us what you did for Denver when all hope seemed lost, you can't go back to Sanchez ever, ever again. If you were the guy who traded up to get him and say, he's our guy, he's our guy, he's our guy, oh, he's no longer our guy, how can you possibly go back to him ever again? Or if Tebow doesn't work out and Sanchez doesn't work out either, how are you going to keep your gigs? Yeah, it's it's like stepping out on a girl for another girl and then saying, I want to go back to him. You can't. It, it's over. Well, it depends, you know, well, who the guy is. I mean, I guess. But that's why I think... Tebow has been a fugazi, to use the term, a mirage. Nice. Johnny, uh, oh, Brasco, Brasco, yeah, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco, Brasco. fugazi, fugazi. Totally, a total, or to use the um, Hitchcock term, uh, I know I'm going to be, I, I know you guys maybe not be up on the Alfred Hitchcock films. Rear window. It's called a MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is what Hitchcock called uh, an object that everyone focused on but truly wasn't the object to focus on. It's like the hairy hand principle. 
it was basically something to throw you off to build the suspense. And that's what he is. Tim Tebow is the MacGuffin of the National Football League because they had, from what you could see so far, and a team that's 3-5 and five, and sometimes in desperate need of a spark in the games, they don't, they, they don't go to him. They don't have a package for him. They mentioned how he's going to have like 20 to 20, sometimes 25 snaps a game. Are you kidding? They haven't even come close to that. Not even once. Yeah, I think ten or eleven is the most he's in seen. games. A game in games against teams where he has proven on a track record and his small track record that he has relatively to be successful against the Steelers, the Dolphins, in both of those games, the Jets in Week Two and in Week Eight, desperately needed a spark on offense against these defenses that were teeing off on Sanchez and these inexperienced weapons at his disposal. And they still didn't go to Tim Tebow. They still didn't go to a package. They still didn't go one series with him. Still, when are they going to do it? And they're going to do it in Seattle with the 12th man? No chance. No chance. But you know what Tebow has done? He's brought in a lot of revenue for the Jets. Well, and, 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 sales and, and, and I go back to this. We've mentioned it before in the in the preseason when 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 Sanchez was asked uh, after his his, uh, his owner said that I don't think you could have enough Tim Tebow in a CNBC interview. Uh, Sanchez was asked for his his comment, and Sanchez's response was selling seats, man, selling seats. That's what he said. So if that's the dynamic that's playing out, it's just a mess. I mean, and that that's just another shows three the, and five the priorities team. of the Jets. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't listen to you when you talk about the Jets, you Patriot. <laughs> you're loving this. I mean, you're, you're it's great. You're like you're oh. like you're like Red Auerbach, hands behind your head, leaning back, smoking a cigar. Absolutely. When it comes to the Jets like this, and you've got them Thanksgiving night in MetLife. Um, you know, you take a look at the Jets. They've got Week Ten. That's another dead coach walking game. What? They're not going to fire Rex. No way. No yeah, but, chance. But what if, no the, what if the Jets are three and uh, you know three and seven, three and eight in that point? There's no way they're firing. There's no way they're firing. Rex. I know Michael Lombardi said it too. I, I, I that would. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't even know if they'd fire Tannenbaum either, because Mike's been there forever, as you know. And 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 there's a way that, that this has been a, a lost season due to injury. Revis is gone. Santana, Santonio Holmes is gone. Now you could sit here and say, hey. I mean, where's the depth on this roster? Where where's the Jonathan Dwyer or Isaac Redman on this roster? Right? But you really but, think the Jets offensive woes are due to Santonio Holmes being injured? I don't know, man. Kurt Warner told me he looked at the film of the Jets Dolphins game and he saw the the routes that the Jets were running. Some half the time he said the receivers couldn't even stay on their feet. I I mean, it, it's a mess. But that goes it's, back to the general manager, not. Well, yeah, you could you could put it on him for sure, because other teams, you know, other teams uh, are have, have. You take a look at the Steelers, who was there catching passes and met life big catches last week. Jericho Cotry, what team to use to play for? You think the Jets could use Jericho Cotry right now? Now there were you know there are salary cap deals with him too, but sure. Um, the Jets are at Seattle and they're at St. Louis. You know, and they thought you thought that they had trouble protecting Sanchez. Uh, you know, against the Dolphins' defense, that Rams' uh, front seven it ain't is nothing to shake a stick at. And then they've got that home game on Thanksgiving night against New England. 
I mean, they're in trouble. It'll be fun. So, anyway, the reason why I bring this up is Seattle's going to probably improve to 6-4. and four. Detroit needs to win this game. And then Seattle's on a bye week when um, the Lions are at home against Green Bay. And they have to win these big, tough division games at home anyway in order to succeed. And if they do win that, they'd be in a playoff spot because they have the tiebreak over Seattle. So, um, interesting times in Detroit. Let's get to him um, right now, shall we? I think, is he on the phone? Lord? Yeah, yeah, Matt Stafford. Uh, uh, just The lines just phoned in. All right, here we go. Pleased to have on the show a man who is seventh overall in passing in the National Football League right now and at 4-4 four and four is set up for a playoff run in the second half of the season, and I'm sure he hopes it starts this very weekend in Minnesota. He is the former number one overall pick in the NFL draft from Detroit, Matthew Stafford. How are you, Matthew? I'm doing good, Rich. How are you? I am doing well. So uh, how would you rate the first half of the season for you so far? Uh, it's been up and down. You know, um, obviously we've made some plays and won some close games and, and then lost some in the same nature. So, uh, you know, it's been a little bit up and down for us. Um, you know, lost a couple games we thought we could won and or we could have won. And, uh, you know, uh, sitting at 4-4, four and four, we got a chance. We just got to uh, take it week by week and play good football. Exactly, because if you, I mean, you're just a half a game behind Seattle right now for that for that sixth spot in the playoffs, and you've already beaten them. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're right, you're right there. I mean, even though you have uh, won uh, as many as you've lost in the first half of the season. Yeah, we started one and three, and then had our bye week, and and uh, you know when we came back from that, we made a conscious effort to try and get back to 500 at the uh, at the halfway point, get a three and one record in the. You know the next four games and kind of treat the season in, in uh, quarters and, and we got to go out and attack this next quarter and uh, it obviously starts this weekend in, in Minnesota. What was that like sitting on a one and three record for an entire week off, Matthew? Uh, it'll motivate you. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously we lost some lost some close ones in there and and some games we felt we should have won. So, uh, you know, I know guys were a little bit frustrated, but you know more than anything, just ready to get back out and start playing again and. And uh, we had a good, you know, second four games and, and came out three and one. Well, what do you do, I guess, when, again, when you have such a frustrating first quarter of the season and you sit on it? I know you say it'll motivate you. How, how, how were you motivated personally by sitting on that record for a full week? Um, you know, for me, I think, you know, something that everybody did, but especially myself, just you take those first four games and you get a chance to go back and really look at them and evaluate yourself and evaluate your play. And, and uh, you know, for me, it was just, a little bit too, uh, you know, inconsistent, and uh, that's something that I've been trying to work on. And and uh, you know, teams are playing us different this year than they did last year, and really different than any team we see on tape. So there's adjustments that we have to make that, you know, a lot of teams don't have to. So we had to go out there and, and look at ourselves and look at our tendencies and and uh, go back and try and change, a, you know, change a few things up, mix it up a little bit, and and still play good football. Did you and Megatron spoil everybody last year? Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, I've, I've thrown. I think five or six balls to him this year, and he's just gotten, you know, for one reason or another, either out of bounds or, or stepped, out, stepped out or tackled on the one-yard line. So, you know, that's five or six TDs that, that could have been there that probably, you know, in, in all of the luck and the good fortune of last year, you know, probably scored on. And, you know, whenever we get inside the 10-yard line, uh, the team's number one goal that we're playing, no matter who it is, is don't let Matthew throw it to Calvin and, and get a touchdown because that sparks him or something. I don't know because the guy's getting just – Viced and doubled like uh, nobody else in the league, so uh, it's it's uh, you know it's an interesting predicament. But um, you know he's still getting a bunch of yards and a bunch of catches for us, which is what we need. And because it, it seemed like you were playing basketball at times last year, where it didn't matter how many guys were on him, you were just throwing it somewhere and in the airspace, and he was plucking it out of the air. And a lot of people think it's just that simple. 
Oh, Matthew. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, seriously, it's that's, the, that's I mean, the general I mean, mindset. It's, it's not. We got a lot more single coverage last year than we're getting this year. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, the guy uh, set the league on fire last year, so people are going to not try and, you know, not let him do it again, and, and they're going to try and make us use our other weapons. I mean, this last weekend in Jacksonville was the was the perfect example. I mean, we have four rushing touchdowns, and, uh, you know, Calvin was a huge part of getting us down inside the 10, and, and then they want to go ahead and double him, not let me throw him the ball, then, then that's fine. We'll just go out there and, and run it in. So, uh, you know, a great thing about playing with a guy like Calvin is he obviously wants to be a big part of this offense. He is a big part of this offense, but – uh, he wants to win more than anything, and and uh, it's special to have with a guy with that much talent. As you're going around town, are you hearing from fantasy football owners in regards to Calvin's amount of touchdowns that you've thrown him this year? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm hearing it from people on on my end as well. You know, I have I feel like I played a decent game last week, was decent completion percentage for some decent yards, didn't have any touchdowns, and I'm just the worst fantasy pick of all time <laughs> this year. So I just like to apologize to everybody that. You just got to get mad at the other defenses for playing so much too high when we get inside the 10. It's my fault. Well, Sorry, I mean, guys. Would, would you rather, would, would the fantasy owners rather you force it into a tight window and get those interceptions and negative two points? I mean, that's the way I think you should respond. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. If I knew more about fantasy fo- football and how the points are scored and all that, I would, I would have some ammo to come back, but I, I know very little. So <laughs> You know nothing about know is I, I live in the I live in the real football world, and we're just trying to win games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have any buddies that 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 hang with you, or that, that they're not in a fantasy football. You're you're not surrounded. Uh, by I story. try to stay out of it as much as I can because uh-huh. uh, I really don't want to know, to tell you the truth. Um, but okay. I'm not too worried about it. Well, the the basic thing is 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 it's good when you score and it's bad when you don't. That's you know. That's but what I, I hear. I, you know, yeah. that's, that's the only part that's you know about the same as real football. So. That's <laughs> right. That's where those those two worlds collide in that respect. Yeah, exactly. and, and back to the reality of football is you've got uh, Jared Allen, the rhinestone cowboy, uh, <laughs> whose team is uh, is reeling a little bit right now, gunning for you. What is that mindset for you as you enter a week where where you got number sixty nine to circle on your film? Um, you know, he's he's a great player. Um, he's been doing it for a long time in this league. He uh, he gives everybody fits, whoever he plays, and and honestly, their whole. Defensive line, you know, uh, they've got guys that they rotate in now, um, Robinson and Everson Griffin and, and uh, you know, Big Williams in there too. So they got guys that can, uh, they can get after the passer all over the place. So we, are, we obviously have our, uh, our work cut out for us. They play really well and really aggressive at home. They feed off that fan, that fan base. And, uh, you know, it's always fun going there. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, come out with a win. Yeah, and you'd be above 500. Have you guys talked about that? I know you do the one game at a time thing, take it in quarters, but I mean, you would be ab- above 500, above water uh, for the first time this season, and that that would be a major accomplishment. Certainly, since it's a it's a road game in division, Matthew. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's something you think about in the back of your mind. Um, you're just trying to uh, prepare as best you can for a week. You know, like you said, it's obviously a division opponent. It means a lot. It's a big game in our division, and and it's on the road, which we're used to now. We played six of our first this will be our ninth game six of our first nine on the road so we're used to that we just uh we just got to show up and and play good football there you go uh what's with Javid best i know he's done for the season can you give us any insight as to what's going on with this young man that uh has so much promise and is when he's been on the field has clearly been a difference maker in many ways for your offense i wish i could you know um honestly uh there's so many people that are kind of in the dark on that one and uh it's just kind of between uh, Javid, the doctors and the trainers here. Um, you know, I just I wish I knew more because 
I'd love to be able to tell you, but I, I just don't. Um, I know the kid wants to play, and, and obviously when he's out on the field with us, he's a he's a special player. Um, you know, changed a lot of games in our favor when he was out there. So, uh, but you know what, the guys that we have now, Mikel and and uh, Joy and Kevin have done a really good job for us. Obviously, last week had a big game, so you know their style's a little bit different. Our offense changes a little bit when they're in there, but uh, they're very effective. Are you paying attention to your college team on Saturdays? Absolutely, uh, Fairweather fan. Pretty excited. Uh, no, I mean I'm with them all the all the time, but it's it's fun to wear my Georgia stuff around right now for sure. I'm sure you have you been hearing um, some of the chatter that the way that Alabama has been playing, that they could beat the worst team in the National Football League. Are you hearing any of that talk because uh, of the way folks like you and young quarterbacks have gone from Saturdays to Sundays? Certainly this year with five rookie quarterbacks, a lot of people are saying that uh, the number one team in college being the 33rd NFL franchise, would be able to pick off whichever team's 32 in the standings right now? Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's tough to to remember back, you know, as far as the talent goes, uh, you know, in college. But Alabama's certainly a, a very talented team. I don't think Oregon's a slouch either. Um, no. Oregon can put up points against pretty much anybody. So uh, there's some really good teams out there in college. Uh, I'd probably say just, you know, if you if you played – uh, a full 16-game schedule with the college team, uh, I I don't think it would be uh, too good for them. No, I don't think so either. But, I mean, <laughs> any given Sunday, people are even saying that. And you're right. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, you'd have to play the game. I can't speculate. There you go. Well, Sun- I mean, because Oregon, as you point out, I think a lot of people are saying the way that Oregon is playing is creeping into the National Football League, that you are seeing more of the offenses – uh, that work at the collegiate level, certainly with all of these young kids who are coming into the league and starting right away. Would you agree with that assessment too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's truly Oregon style. I mean, Oregon has right. such a unique style as far as how quickly they get up and, and run plays. And, uh, you know, their quarterback is, is asked to run the ball a little bit more than quarterbacks in the NFL. But as far as the concept of spreading people out and trying to get playmakers in space and create one-on-ones, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, into the league and, and obviously uh you know the last couple of years with the, the amount of passing yards teams that are you know teams are racking up it's it's kind of obvious that that's what they're going for they're trying to get one-on-ones trying to get their their best players against uh you know better matchups and, and let them go yeah sometimes watching oregon play is like watching an eight-year-old on a bag of skittles playing madden you know what i mean yeah it's about right i mean i would hate to have to call one of those games to be a play-by-play guy i mean <laughs> can't even oh, take yeah. a breath you need the oxygen tank up there or something but it's it's uh, it's nonstop. They get after. It. It's fun to watch. That's why all, uh, us. I don't know if you're aware of this in the media. We have an off-season workout program too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can I can imagine it's pretty extensive. I mean, yeah. I've seen you've been you know crushing the forty the last couple of years. It's, it's oh, obviously yeah. paying off for you. Well, you know, where I work on my core, but that's just so I can sit up straight in the chair. Right. And look uh, presentable. I, I, I do a lot of jaw work. Uh, yeah. April through June. <laughs> You know, I can imagine. You do a lot of jaw work, and then July, you know, I sort of take it easy because it's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. I don't need to tell you. I so totally agree. Week in the NFL, so that's what I do. And obviously, if I'm, I'm, I'm just glad I'm not calling Oregon games because that would be that be that would be like cardio. Yeah, you know, for sure. Tough that. breathing. Yeah. I, uh, so, so what is your week like before I let you go? I mean, what do, what do you do when you're not um, studying film or anything like that? When you're just hanging out. Uh, um, what, I'm just kind of like? low-key, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, Mondays we come in, uh, work out, you know, meet with the coaches, kind of get the little base game plan going for the week coming up. And then Tuesday's the off day. I usually come in and work out and take a peek at the team that we're playing this week. And, uh, you know, the Wednesday through Friday we have practice every day. And then Saturday we're traveling. And 
Sunday we're playing, so not a whole lot of free time. Um, I guess that's what the off season's for, but it's a it's a fun time of the year for sure to be so, to be playing some ball. So, what was the last time you saw a movie, for instance? Like, what's the actually, last I I did go see I saw Argo. Oh, uh, last you, week was pretty good. What'd you think? Big fan. I like I kind of like true stories like that that are uh, a little bit biographical or whatever. So it's uh, it was cool. I liked it. Based on a true story. Yeah. Who would play the math? Who would play Matthew Stafford in the Matthew Stafford? Oh my story? gosh, I have no idea. You tell me. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think right now. May, um, um, I mean, trying to think of a could, basic may, looking dude, maybe like Matt Damon. I don't know. Well, he's ba- I mean, he's he's a little bit yeah, more I mean, basic, dude. I mean, that's that would be that. That would be good. Stud. I'm born. I'm a big fan of the born. The born movies born are awesome. Trilogy. I love those oh. born movies. Russell yeah, Crowe exactly. could play you, Matthew. Russell yeah, Crowe could get a little Russell Crowe in there. What do you think? I, I could dig some Russell Crowe. That's cool. He has some anger management issues, though. Right, that's the only thing. I'm not a angry person, but and as you know, with Detroit, we're trying, we're trying to tamp that sort of stuff down. Right, I got (laughs) you. I don't know if Russell. I don't know if Russell. I'd stick with Matt Damon. Yeah, I think Russell Crowe might be a a poor influence. We can't have that. We can't have it, as you know. Uh, We got to stay locked up here. And and so, what's on the TiVo? What's on your? Do you watch any TV? No, I don't have any like major shows that I watch. Um, Nothing. Uh, I watch a little. Actually, you know, in in the quarterback room, we have a little bit of uh, downtime. Sometimes we throw on Duck Dynasty, which is which is pretty good. You throw pretty on good what? entertainment. What what is this? Duck uh, Dynasty. Is this a it's about the guys that make duck calls, and it's like a reality TV show about their family. It's pretty solid stuff. Say, it's hold on a minute. Like so, Duck. I'm I'm unfamiliar with this. You're talking to a. Um, Got to look it up. It's okay. pretty special. It's uh, it's basically basically a bunch of guys just running around in in camo, blowing uh, on duck calls and blowing see. stuff up. It's pretty good, pretty good yeah, quality. You're talking to a New Yorker here. Uh, you yeah, know what that's I mean? true. like that's not that's maybe not... it'll it'll culture you a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> culture me. Yeah, I've never heard that word used I, as a verb before. That's you know, cool. It's, it'll it's, culture uh, me up. Very few can pull it off, but um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, <laughs> It's a good one, though. Okay, so that's what you're doing, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad. And Argo, and then just taking down the rest of the NFC North to the best of your ability. That's essentially trying, your life right trying. now. Trying, Matthew, good luck this weekend, man. Good luck. All right, I appreciate it, Rich. Any, uh, listen, thank you for coming on. You're welcome here anytime when you get the chance. All right, buddy, thanks. You got it. That's none other than Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions on the Rich Eisen podcast. There you go. Life of uh, a National Football League quarterback right there, boys. I, I was about to say Brockman. I mean, they're suggesting Russell Crowe. I mean, I think they, they look alike. They, well, I mean, but they're trying to cut down on these personal foul penalties. No, I understand, but we're going for looks. I mean, Matt Damon know, doesn't exactly you, look like Matt Stafford. But it's more than just it's more than just more than just looks here. I, I contemplated mean, not potting up his mic for that comment. He, uh, he come on, I had to though. Law, law. I see, you know, but you it played, worked. Look, Rich, you're a pro. I teed you up on the anger stuff. So yes, you did. I went with it. Yeah, I didn't exactly. know you were going to go there, but uh, it but worked went, out because we can't have we can't have any. No, I know. personal well, foul penalties on that team. And if Russell Crowe is going to be the, the guy he's after, I mean, I think Russell Crowe leads Hollywood in illegal hands to the face. <laughs> Him or Kiefer, right? Or, or <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer just attacks, like, inanimate objects. I'm looking up Duck Dynasty right now. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing per- four ZZ Top-looking dudes, by the way. <laughs> I've, yeah. he- I've heard about this show. I have not. It's on a and I've never heard of it either. Previously, it moved, it, 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 they were previously on the Outdoor Channel, according to this uh, website I'm seeing now. With the series Duck Commander and its spinoff Buck Commander, I would there watch that. I would watch Buck Commander. 
But the theme music composer is, in fact, ZZ Top, by the way. That's incredible. So, so there you go. They're watching Duck Dynasty. That's great. In the quarterback room. See, that's information I don't think you can get anywhere No, else. of course not. The other night I got, I got really into a uh, River Monsters marathon. You know, I got into this What's gold that? rush. There's a gold rush show now where, like, the pe- they're still, you know, digging for gold in Alaska. Yeah. River is- Monsters is this guy, this British dude. He goes hunting in all these obscure places across the world looking for, like, gigantic fish. He or catches ra- them with his hands. Yeah, he, he gets in there with his hands and stuff. It's amazing. I see even people who may just somehow, some way, for some reason, be new to this podcast, uh, listening to you two guys, it's obvious you don't have children. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, there is no way in my life that I could fit any of these programs in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm already... The boys, the boys the might gills. like Duck, Duck Dynasty, though. I don't you, think so. If you saw these four dude, guys, Brockman, dude, that I'm no, looking at, it would scare I, 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 I don't have them up. What. Dude, come on. I mean, uh, listen, and, 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 you won the, and you won the poll of who, who would you rather have <laughs> read a bedtime story to their child. That, that, How could you that, say that, that? That has more to do with my beautiful voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the sultry wow. tones of uh, Chris Brockman. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've got enough uh, with the kids, the job. Uh, I'm getting in Homeland every Sunday night. i got to start watching that show. Dead yeah, I need to. I'm dog tired coming home, you know, with the call time Sunday morning and then putting the kids down because when I come home, the kids don't care that dad I got up <laughs> right. all at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, Homeland's pretty in- of intense show for late at night after an exhausting day, right? it, Well, but it's, it's spectacular. It's an incredible show. And this season's getting a little bit more melodramatic, sort of more 24-ish than oh, the yeah. previous season, which can get a little bit annoying because um, it, it seems so reality-based. Last year, they're getting a little bit a little bit more melodramatic and a little bit more of suspending your disbelief a little bit this season, but gotcha. it's still spectacular. Claire so, Danes is as good as it gets. She won the uh, Emmy last year. Right. Um, and as you know, we, we like people with Emmys, uh, which is why Eric Stone Street's coming on our, our, our special for Thanksgiving. Yes, So I got sir. that, and then, and then Mondays when I get, a, uh, when I get an hour, because usually there's like an hour window where everybody's out of the house, which uh, when you have children, you will realize is the golden time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you li- you know you live your life the way you guys are living it right now. So, <laughs> so rare to have a house yourself. I pop on uh, Boardwalk Empire, so I'm up to oh, date so, on that. So you're still on with Boardwalk. You're still on. Oh, the, big time. Yeah, big time. It's getting it gets better and better and better each. Uh, I I, each sto- I stopped watching this year. Well, the first uh, no, you stopped watching this year. Yeah. But, really, but this was the year not to, right? Apparently, it's just all like blood and guts. It and gets well. I mean, it's it just gets more. It's more and more intense. Because yeah. you're, you're opposed to that sort of thing, right? Right, right. right yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you know what it was actually. Mark Wahlberg ruined the uh, the season two ending for me last year. Oh yeah. Well, he sort of did cough it up. And yeah, it yeah. And I hadn't seen on. the last two episodes, and he gave it away when he came on. It's but. a pretty big uh, reveal. Yeah, it was a big reveal. But, Rich, what what uh what time do you go to bed on Saturday nights? For that call time, like, are you missing uh, some Michigan football if they're playing no, at a at a late no. kickoff? Or no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, for instance, um, when they played Nebraska, and, and that was that went late. I, I stayed up. I'm not one of those guys. It's just like I need my I need my rest, and I'm going to go to sleep at seven. I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. So she so power I mean, through till the kids go to it. bed. Power through it, and um, you know, but you know, it's it's. Please, it's it's a blessing to be able to do this, so it doesn't matter. I, I just lose the sleep. It's all good. I'll catch up. Right. Um, a little bit of housekeeping here, boys. Okay. Uh, I think our services are required, um, and they haven't been asked for. We haven't been requested yet. We haven't had the phone picked up and say, hey, guys, can you specifically help? But 
Uh, Doug Martin, who, as you know, is tearing up the league something fierce the last two weeks. That's started crazy. on Thursday night football in, in Minnesota. Um, and then last week against the Raiders, uh, ridiculous. He set uh, records in my fantasy league. Yep. Um, most point he dropped because we get we have bonuses for 100 and 200 yard rushing thresholds. Wow! So he got he dropped a 61 point bomb. Oh, I have him in, in ES- the league. I have week. him in the ESPN league, and he scored 53 yeah, for me. He got 67 in my league with oh. bonuses. Yeah. I mean, he is off. The charts right now. I think his yards from scrimmage the last two weeks was the most since Walter Payton pulled the trick. Wow. In back-to-back weeks. Uh, I don't know the year off the top of my head, but I saw that email including the name of Doug Martin and the words since Walter Payton. That's, uh, as I said in the previous uh, OJ podcast. O.J. Simpson was the third. That's a pretty respectable neighborhood. Didn't they say he had the right. second or third highest fantasy scoring day of all time? In the past, uh, since they kept it in 2000, he had the third highest total. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, pretty it's, it's, it's crazy. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. This week, you know, he's against San Diego, which uh, entered last week second in rushing overall. And nobody in Kansas City did very much against them, so I imagine they're, they're right there still. So um, rushing, def- Doug- rushing defense, you mean? Correct. Yep. Correct. Rushing defense. Um, so... Doug Martin, his nickname that he got at Boise is Muscle Hamster. <laughs> I kind of like that. He, he doesn't. Actually. He does not like it. Yeah, we had him on Fantasy Live last week, and he. he and then on that. NFL AM on Tuesday, he said he, he it was quote unquote the worst nickname in the NFL. Hmm. And um, so I think it's 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 upon us since we have. I mean, we're we're experienced in this department. That's true. We're experienced in this department. We are, are undertaking a major, a major transformation for Matt Ryan. Had no idea how embedded, how deep-rooted the nickname of Matty Ice truly was until we attempted to uh, inject the natural into the national consciousness. And I think we're doing a very good job. You went, you went was there instead of is, is in past tense. Like it's what, not. Like what it's, do you mean? Like we're affecting change. We are affecting change. Just, yeah. No, what did I say again? I don't know what I no, said. No, no, you said you said uh, how how truly embedded it was. Well, it he is. Say, it, well, know. I mean, I think we're we're beginning. We're be, I'm still. It's still very difficult. You know, uh, for the uh, what? What's the words? How can I? I mean, they have deep roots. I mean, if you if you if you're a dog owner and there's a tick on your dog, you know how you have to, you know you gotta light a match and they sometimes are very embedded and sometimes the head is still stuck in there. That's right. Not to not to use a very. I mean, it's. I mean, that's it's an ugly analogy. Right, it's very right. graphic. I understand, but. Uh, that's the only one that leaps to mind. Um, we have twenty some odd days still left to affect more change, because as you remember, when Matt Ryan was on, it, we had until the time we see him the, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, uh, when he's taking on the Saints and may visit the set if they win that game. They play the Saints this week in their first uh, uh, go round, and as we spoke earlier in the show, the Saints are, are, are obviously on a little bit of a roll here. But anyway. Um, so we're 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 experienced there. Um, Christian Ponder, that was a conundrum. Uh, I don't believe he's won. He but, had two games I mean, out of three win. where he threw okay. for under forty five. Yeah, yards. we gave it a good go with Christian. It's just tough to it's give tough. a nickname to somebody who's just not playing uh, up to his potential, or certainly in the first four weeks of the season. Somebody even tweeted me that uh, his nickname should be One Hit Ponder. <laughs> which is not, and you, you, Chris, you said the best one came in late. Yeah, it just was. In, uh, it was just. A, I mean, because Ponder, I, I still believe in his abilities, and, and we're still his, getting nickname options. Yeah, somebody tweeted. Somebody tweeted me. It was uh, Koopa. I think it was at Koopa Troopa, which is a great name. Uh, he, he tweeted. Uh, 
uh, Pond 007 because it's number seven. I was like, oh, right. that's great. And I was like, but you should have added in the the man with the golden gun. So I mean, or or licensed licensed to thrill. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. I mean, um, there's ways you can go, many different ways. But un- until he uh, continues to get on a, another winning role again, um, I think we have to maybe cease and desist operations. Yeah, on that front. Um, well, cause we're still there for people, though. I of mean, course. Once you come on the show, you're a friend of the program. You're always a friend of the program. So we'll, we'll, we'll still try and affect change there. Basically, but, though, uh, Rich. We do, we do have to pull back on that front and maybe focus all our attention on the natural exactly. until, until Doug Martin's predicament came to the national four. Muscle hamster is just not, just not good, man. I mean, <laughs> seriously, it sounds like... You know, it, you know it sound- is, it's like a it's like a villain in like a Spider-Man movie or something. No, I mean, it sounds more Dirk Diggler. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just there's you went just, you uh, went there with it. I did go there. Yeah. Well, that's like the purple pistol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, for, for ponder. Every time I would say that to people, their eyebrows would raise a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, so let's 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 do this for Doug Martin. We've never met him. He's never been on the podcast. But. Let's do it for him. Let's because it's our server. We're, we're professional. We're professional nickname changers. Yes. At the Rich Eisen podcast. So let's do it. Let's throw it out there to people. Um, what's the hashtag law? Uh, how about um, Martin nickname? Martin nickname. Just something something simple. Let's go short. Just R R R E P Doug. Uh, no, I mean. People, by the way, are complaining about the REP, thinking that every time they see it, it's RIP, and they think somebody the name right next to it is somebody who's passed away. Oh, and I'm like wondering, like, why would we? Why would the headline of our <laughs> podcast be the people to the the method in which to communicate this news? Just some simple but Martin nickname people, works. People, Hashtag Martin nickname. People can't. Or how about them. how about no no uh, no more muscle hamster? Is the hashtag. <laughs> That's a long hashtag. That's a long hashtag. Twitter's only 140 characters, Rich. So what is it? Well, hopefully the nickname is short. Hashtag Martin nickname. Hashtag Martin nickname. Okay. Anything off the top of your head? You got anything? Yeah, I've got one. Like, I got like... uh, I've got one, and I I think it's it's, it's over after this one. Really? Yes. Is this one that you came up with, or did no? Someone... It is not. Okay. Uh, the, the person who came up with it is named Gus Ramsey. Hold on, give, oh. give us some of the other ones first. Gus, Don't Gus give Ramsey. us the good one right off the bat. Give us some. Uh, of the... I really haven't seen other. Well, ones. I just oh, okay. I just catch twenty two. That's kind of a. Well, he runs it, so yeah. Well, what you can do run twenty two. No, <laughs> fail. <laughs> All right, Rich Gus Ramsey. What's he got? All right, well, so you stunk. Well, oh, let me just school. explain for those who may not know Gus or follow him on Twitter, which is a must follow. Gus is a longtime producer of SportsCenter. Um, he was one of my favorite people I worked with. He still is one of the favorite people that I know, but one of my favorite people that I work with. You'll sometimes hear him on Simmons' podcast because they are best friends. They go way back. That's how I met Bill Simmons years ago. Is Gus is like a buddy of mine who writes for DigitalCity.com is coming in. He wants to hang out, and you should read his stuff, and I did. And, you know, Simmons back in the day, I mean, the stuff he was churning out then makes him seem like a short story writer now. Yeah. And um, But at any rate, Gus is got a brilliant mind for this sort of stuff he was the one who uh would always whisper in Kilborn's ear um i gotta tell you arvidas he's not your arvidas he's arvidas that was gus's really that's one of that's probably my favorite that was gus's my the ones that he gave me for a home run call is you want me on that wall you need me on that wall and that was the guy who caught the ball and stole a home run (laughs) he would always come up with catchphrases for me 
always. You know, I always had my own. A lot of us had our own, but Gus always, and I'm sure he still is feeding catchphrases to to people. The man behind the curtain. He is indeed. He is indeed. I, 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 I'm. It is uh, to use the line from um, uh, that thing you do. It would be ungentlemanly of me to continue to show how many catchphrases that have been put into the Sports Center lexicon are not actually from the people who are saying it, but from Gus. He's that. That I'm serious. That is for real. So here we go. I've already I've I've set this up big time. But his uh, the nickname he came up with was the Buck Truck. The Buck Truck. Hmm. I like that one. Not jumping off as much as the Buck Truck. B U K. What truck. about uh? Because hmm. he is a truck man. He is. And he's a little right. Isn't he like five seven or? Yeah, uh, he's the Buck eight. Truck. He's the Buck Truck. Hmm. I like it. That's my that's my entry. Buck truck. You want to come up with others? Go for it. I got nothing. I got. I got, I got nothing. I got like you know, it's like Martinizer. Got effort, know, effort bo- this. Bone Doug in Harmony. The, no. The, the Dougie. <laughs> That's a good one. Bone Doug in Harmony. But he he did the Dougie dance after scoring, right? Well, I mean, he is Doug Martin. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I, the, I, it's my, the buck truck. I love it. I'm going to stick with it. It's quick. It's Gus's. I'm sure others say, "Hey, I tweeted that, or I saw it." it was, Gus was the first one who sent it to me. I'll workshop something. Because that's how he responded when I tweeted out. Because uh, I tweeted out on Tuesday. Somebody tweeted me, hey, Doug Martin needs a new nickname. He needs your help. And I just tweeted back uh, to the rescue. We're on it. We're on it. This podcast is on it. Whenever uh, an athlete, uh, certainly uh, one that's tearing it up like Doug Martin, needs, needs help on this front, we're always there for them. We're always there for them. We don't want to be the kiss of death for them, though, like we were at Ponder. Apparently. Well, I, I don't know. if I, I, I refuse to believe it was us. We we did our part for Christian Ponder. Yeah, we did. We did. There's no is, doubt. Is there any other housekeeping? Well, Rich, uh, Will and I had an idea. Um, okay. We're we're athletes, you know. We don't pretend. We play basketball and other sports. Uh, but we we were thinking about running like a 5k or a 10k uh, for charity and, and congruence with yes. uh, with with Movember and stuff. And okay, so we're just kind of throwing that out there, and maybe maybe people could vote or. Whatever who they thought might win, just more more poll question interactive opportunities. Okay. Well, you thought uh, you you mentioned uh, last week you got into the whole Twitter follower thing and and all of that. So we thought we'd do a a tweet a race to ten k for Twitter followers. For Twitter followers, and we'd run a ten k. Okay. So. So what is what is having more followers for you do for for anything other than yourself? <laughs> Expanding the see, brand, not, Rich. Yeah, I don't understand. That's the thing I never understand. For these charity things on Twitter, people are always tweeting like, "Hey, if I get certain number of of um, they try to mask it followers, then I'll give this to charity, or I'll give X number of cents per new followers I have to charity." And it's just like, okay, who's the charity? The money you're giving the charity to, or your Twitter account? What's the charity? Both. They work in harmony, Rich. See, that's not. I- the Human Fund is I, my that's charity. That's the whole thing. I, the Human Fund. <laughs> people helping people. All right, people. Costanza. <laughs> people <laughs> helping people. The Human Fund. Cramerica. See, human that's fund. A, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you had me You had me at the 10K in terms of a, a, a poll question, like, who's going to win? Who, who's uh, who's your just, early You have to live your lives. You who's your early your money lives. on, Rich? <laughs> early, early money. Early money? <laughs> What are you talking about on 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 who wins the race? Yeah, or the ten k. Which ten k are we talking? The about? actual, the, the run, the run, the run, run, the run part. Oh, oh man, 
Uh, I'm going to go with Brockman. I'll go with Brockman. I'll go with Brockman just to continue on this whole <laughs> on the fact that this, I that I win whole, every poll. Yes, doubters. Just to continue on this. The doubt. So you, the doubt will feed me. That's exactly. By the way, Rich, the way Rich you is should take it. By the way, what Rich just did right there was firmly plant himself on Team Brockman. Team I think Brockman. only one of us has completed a marathon. Correct. That would be you. That would be me. You watched okay. a marathon on TV. Is that what happened? <laughs> hey, I'm from Staten Island. I've seen many marathons start. Yes, there you go. other people. Exactly. I've been to the Boston Marathon. Rock and Roll Marathon, San Diego, 08. Wow. What was, what was rock and roll about it? There's a there's live music every mile about on the course to kind of keep you motivated. What, what was go. your time? Do you remember? Yeah, I was, all marathoners I was, remember their time. I was uh, four oh seven. I was a little disappointed. I wanted it under four hours. I had an awesome first thirteen. I was like one one forty eight at my split, and then uh, I hit. They talk about the wall at mile twenty, and uh, I had a friend who was supposed to meet me and run, and he didn't show, and definitely hit the wall at like mile twenty two. But the last two miles is like the coolest thing. You just you get this other like adrenaline rush, mm. and you just go. So it was awesome. I'm not a runner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put in some work. Oh, I, I think I might have to change my. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, my no, vote here. no, no, no. Hey, you look, said Rich. early. You said early. You said early money, which means I have the ability to suss things out as we move this forward. Is, this when, is like the election is this, started 18 it, months ago. The, the campaigning. When does the 10K begin? Uh, I think we're, we're eyeing around Super Bowl time. Yeah, we're gonna try to like do this up, and we're gonna do like a uh, we're gonna cut up a segment and right. to hopefully have for the Super Bowl special for online ah. for online for online purposes. Okay, you know maybe some stuff of us training, and then uh, you know we might get. Some yeah, I was about to say, should we stop efforting Beck- Beckham for that show so we can so <laughs> make, we can have make your room 10K? for it? Right? Yeah, as the segment for the TV show. <laughs> but we're gonna get some. Should, go- we, should I back off Alec Baldwin? Should I back off? No, Rich, book you, him? you you book who you need to book, and okay, you know, we thank can, you. Obviously, we can bump in with this segment but Thank we're going to try to have our iPhones going during the race maybe right. some maybe some GoPro some training right. some training stuff so it should uh, be fun I will say this when I, when I actually ran the marathon they give you these uh, like your first mile or two they hand you these sticks and I had no like I, when I say I was a novice like I, I ran and my wife and I trained and we did it together and then I stopped like a month before because you have to do a big run before and once I ran 20 miles I was like if I can run 20 I can run 26 I'm good so you start running, and we're about a mile and a half in, and they hand you these sticks, and they have this goo on it. And I had no idea what it was. And uh, I thought it was, like, something you lick. And it was Vaseline, because you're supposed to put it in your armpits uh, for chafing Wait, and, what? like, on your legs. And I had no idea. So I licked Vaseline about a mile and a half in <laughs> to the race. <laughs> what? What is, what is happening to this podcast? By the way, Rich, your vote for me is a vote for change and progress well, it's, on, it's, this, it's, on this podcast. Well, what it is, it's a, it's a vote against Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vote against eating Vaseline. <laughs> which I think is a, which I think is, it's a, it's a quality vote. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, I put myself Wait, out there. I have a new poll question. Damn. What's worse, law eating Vaseline or me falling out of an avocado tree? With your shirt off. <laughs> with, with, your shirt with my off. shirt off. I still have a scar, by the way. Mm. All, right. All right. This show's jumped the shark right now. All right, everybody. <laughs> um, we will be – you know what? I'm, we're attempting. Are we Are we going to – am I going to attempt my flight home podcast, Law? Uh, we have to test some things. Uh, hopefully. Tell people about it, though, because if we can well, do I anything, mean, it could be cool. Because we're going to attempt to do this at some point. There's only five uh, NFL Network Thursday night games remaining. We're at Jacksonville this week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, for Andrew Luck's only nationally televised appearance. He can go 6-3 and three in Jacksonville on Thursday night. 
then the following week we're we're in Buffalo, Western New York. So I'll be scratching that off the list of stadiums I have not yet uh, been to. Not been to Buffalo yet. Oh, you haven't been to the Ralph? No, I have not. Oh, uh, look great. forward to that. Great place. Um, hope it will be unseasonably warm, but um, <laughs> be that as it may, we are there for the Dolphins and the Bills. If the Dolphins beat Tennessee at home, as they should this week, that would mean the Dolphins have a chance to go 6-4, and four, uh, while the Bills will be attempting to, in some way, shape, or form, um, turn things around uh, in an attempt to maybe make a late playoff push in the season, but that, that, that might be putting it um, kindly. Um, we're off for Thanksgiving, although we're doing NFL game day morning. Uh, on Thanksgiving morning from our studio in Los Angeles. Uh, following week is the big week uh, between the Saints and the Falcons. That's kicking off week 13 in the NFL when we will be closing the polls on the natural uh, change uh, affecting situation, as we say. Uh, following week, we're in Oakland for uh, Peyton Manning's only visit to the Black Hole this year. First is a member of the Denver Broncos. And then our season finale is going to be uh, potentially um, <laughs> dead coaching walking uh, as uh, Cincinnati's at Philadelphia. Sorry, Law. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's our season finale. But at any rate, I, 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 many times um, when we're traveling around, you know, Mooch is coming from um, mostly most of the time Northern California, uh, Dion and Irvin from Texas. But Marshall and I are the only Sal- Southern California-based guys. So frequently Marshall and I fly back together from the games sitting next to one another and um i threw this at him a couple weeks ago i'm like hey would you like to do a podcast on the plane we'll tape it and we'll we'll post it he said sure and we're sitting next to each other on the way back from jacksonville so we're going to try that this week or at least try i mean we'll, we'll get on it yeah I have, I have a few options if not for this you. week if not this week you know maybe back from uh, buffalo the following week we'll figure it out just okay, uh, that's what we're trying to do. Just trying to just take this a next step further. And Alex Ali, the man who has uh, worked wonders on getting rid of the underscore and uh, getting rid of Topher, he actually called <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records to see if this could be a record for the highest podcast ever. Uh, literally, obviously, not figuratively. <laughs> and um, I'm sure that record is already. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think sure. a few. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, uh, on Jamaican iTunes. But at any rate, we're trying that this week. So I think we're done with the housekeeping portion. Unless you guys have anything left, we already gave our shout out of the week in our previous. Podcast. Oh, actually, I'd like to give a shout out to my uh, 2,000 follower. Oh, Alan Nestor. Thank you for being number 2,000 at Nespus. And uh, how many do you have, Law? Uh, I have. Here, I got that for you. You have 1882. So you you are one hundred and eighteen behind in the uh, pseudo charity organized <laughs> run for ten thousand there, um, and um, a, a charity based uh, uh, endeavor, no doubt about it, as you run to ten thousand followers, and then the ten k. We'll talk about that. So uh, either we're going to have one more podcast this week with Marshall, or we'll attempt that later on. And if not, the following week, um, I have some interesting. I have an interesting. Um, some interesting guests in the hopper coming up for the next two weeks. That's all I can the say. The hopper. That. That's that, all I can say. That's called the tease. That's all I can say about that. All right, guys. All right, Rich. Thank you very much. Thanks, this buddy. is the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Chevy. Signing off. Stay listening, friends. <laughs>